following podcast is improvised satire and all characters are fictional. Hello, I'm Dean Ardenfell. This is the podcast where I interview employees of the many subsidiaries of my favorite multinational conglomerate, Hogswood Cooper Media. Just my little reminder that corporations are people too. Hello, dear listeners. Well, we're really in the thick of the holiday season now, aren't we? I hope you've all got your Christmas shopping done, and if you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you are at least still saying Merry Christmas to people, because us Christmas folks don't take kindly to anyone shoving their other weird holidays down our throats. This is America. As you may recall, my mother has been living with me after a nine-year estrangement, and after several weeks of her bringing home various Tinder dates and hanging my own ties on my own bedroom door, she finally decided to go back to her boyfriend. I think she just didn't want to spend Christmas in my apartment. She said something about how it is like a bunker of sadness and failure, which I thought was fairly harsh, but hey, you can't pick your relatives. Anyway, we've got a great new episode of the podcast today. Please share it, subscribe, tell your friends, and give us a five-star review. First up, I talked to a high-powered lawyer who seems to provide a lot more emotional support to men in danger of being canceled than any actual legal assistance. Then I talked to a man who is so innovative in the tech sector, who's thinking so far ahead of the rest of us, he struggled to even put it into words. I spoke to them both in the studio. I think you're going to love it. Okay, on with the show. Please enjoy this brand new episode of Corporations Are People Too. My first guest is an accomplished attorney and the titular partner, Shunk, in the law firm of Jermaine Tinsley and Shunk. She acts as defense counsel to some of America's most important billionaires, businesses, and yes, Supreme Court justices. On weekends, she coaches kickboxing with the elderly. Please welcome Danielle Shunk Esquire. Hi, Danielle. Hi. So nice to meet you or see you. Have we met before? I don't believe so. No, no I don't know so why nice. you would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had seen you in my practice before. You're no. not a billionaire? Absolutely not. Oh, no. well, then we certainly haven't met. And no. also, just so you know, my last name is pronounced Shunkay. Oh, Shunkay. Yes, okay. Shunkay. <laughs> Does it have some kind of umlaut or accent oh, or something? I, I just like it to be said that way. I see. And so people usually do what I tell them to do. So I get it. Yes, so sometimes yeah. when powerful people make a decision, they people just go with it. It's yeah. Cra- even though the, the, the spelling and the history of that name doesn't match. It doesn't make any sense at all, but it is my choice. Thank you. Thank t- you. I'm already a little uh, intimidated, if I'm honest. Good, as you should be. Okay. As you should be at all times. Time. Well, I mean, you. you don't get to be partner in a law firm like this without having uh, authority over people. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Yeah, do people... I, I lower my voice like Elizabeth Holmes. Maybe uh, you've oh, heard. Oh, do you? Maybe you've heard. Like yes, I do a pitch I, do, pitch I bring it, it down oh. so that people feel fear when they see me. Elizabeth, my friend Liz, as I call her. I see. I didn't realize that was a thing she did or that uh, women did. Because I do. Uh, do women do that um, to sound more like men to be more powerful? Oh, well. I don't know. I don't, don't know. know. I have no answers to that. But I would say <laughs> I would say you should direct that question to Liz. Lizzie, as I sometimes call her uh-huh. on a good day. But okay. you would have to contact her in prison where she is at the moment. OK. But, All right. You uh, know, I'll I'm, give you her I'm, number. I'm then. not really up on her on her story. Oh, she's well, she did Theranos. Maybe you've heard of it. And uh, did you defend her? Well, <laughs> I don't really 
mean, like to talk about things that I've done that, all, that weren't successful. So we'll just we'll say on, yes. no to that I don't one. like to call people, you know, call people out. It's not a gotcha podcast. I want to oh. celebrate your successes as much as you do here. Thank so, you. so let's get into that. I mean, thank you. As long as you remember, it's Shunkay. Shunkay, Danielle Shunkay Esquire. Okay. So you're defending what some people call the indefensible, the the billionaires who have sort of allegedly defrauded the American people. Allegedly. Getting them off of the hook. Is there a lot of pressure on on you uh, as a defense attorney when it comes to these big cases like this? Well, thank you for saying allegedly, because I want to point out it's very important to remember allegedly. That right. is the important word there. Yeah. And I never feel pressure in any situation um, because I am, you know, I take a, a cocktail of vitamins every day. And so I never wow. feel any type of pressure. Okay. And my brain is is that of a 15 year old, but a very smart 15 year old. Wow. Um, and my skin is that of a 20 year old, but a 20 year old who was in the blood of a of a baby. And so I am doing very well all the time. I forgot wow. what you asked, but the point is <laughs> I'm doing extremely well uh-huh. and I'm very young. And if you ask my age, I will not tell you the truth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that I did ask any of I that. I think you did, but, but I, I got distracted because I was thinking about the vitamins that I take every day. I see. And I the see. blood, the blood of the baby. But yeah. uh, but don't but not really blood of a baby. That's no. just a, a brand name. That's it's, just the brand oh, name of I my see, like moisturizer. A serum or something. I see. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. It feels like you really need me to know how young, strong, smart, and powerful you yes. are. Yes. Um, yes. And almost like you're protesting too much. Does that, yes. Is that a thing where you walk into a room and I don't know, for whatever reason, people don't take you seriously and you have to convince them somehow that you're worthy of authority? Why would that happen? so interesting that you bring that up because I, uh, sometimes people underestimate me. You would be shocked. And it's really? because of my uh, powerful, powerful bosoms, I would say. And people feel oh. scared. They feel scared and titillated at uh-huh. the same time, scared, horny. And, and I, I deliberately have not mentioned your powerful bosoms. Thank you. Um, because thank you. I didn't want to be I, rude. And now that I've put that out there, um, yes, sometimes people do underestimate me, especially people like, um, you know, some clients that I hate to name names, but I will say uh, Brett Cavi, Kavanaugh, Cavi. I oh. call him Cavi because okay. he's a good friend. Sure. Uh, the first day he was so entranced by my bosoms. Um, I had to give him a, a cocktail of uh, <laughs> many different drugs, uh, oh. medications. So that okay. he and I put him into a deep sleep. Okay. I whispered in his ear. I said, "It's going to be okay. I'll take care of you." And he wow. is not going to prison. So yeah, that's true. No, he, in fact, famously, he was nominated to the Supreme Court. <laughs> yes. But um, was he was he ever uh, sued? Well, was there ever a chance that he would go to now prison? Now that I brought this up, I feel that maybe it wasn't information that should have been told. Okay, so, so strike that from the record. Okay. He was never about to go to prison. No, no. I was mean, he? No. whatever, whatever antics he got up to in his past Allegedly, when he was of young and boofing people and doing things like <laughs> yes, that. Um, I'm sure that none of that was prosecutable. Not at all. And that's yeah. why he's not in prison. Right, right. Yeah. So so you have you're friends with all these people, huh? And, oh, yeah. and you're and drugging them without their consent just to make them feel comfortable. <laughs> well, sometimes when I go to Cavi's house, he gets okay. overwhelmed by the bosoms. By the bosoms. By the bosoms. That, that so tracks for me. I, yeah. I don't know much well, about know, him, but that loves tracks. Boofing. He loves <laughs> you know, that's one of his favorites. Well, I mean, it really is a curse, isn't it? I've never yes. I don't know if that I've ever heard bosom pluralized at all. But um, <laughs> even though it is a, a plural thing, um, yes, yeah. not to call your bosoms a thing. I think I'm down a rabbit hole here. I think the point <laughs> is that I um, if th- you want, I could prepare you a cocktail. Of no, no, please dra- don't. No. <laughs> sure? You wake up in a few hours <laughs> no, no. and I'll be singing you a, a song. Wow. It sounds pleasant. It does sound <laughs> yeah. pleasant. Um, that's what uh, I do for all my clients, really. But you're sort of cursed with this like 
power and uh, looks and bosoms and uh, and skin and yes. um, baby blood and all of it. Yes. Um, and yes. so you're 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 but you're in these uh, rooms where your whole job is to take someone who allegedly is defrauding the American public and get them off the hook. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about building a strategy for that? Oh, well, that's a that's a great question. I appreciate you saying allegedly again, because, of course, none of them have ever actually done any crime. So usually what I do is I wake up at uh, around 4 a.m. And what do I do? I drink a coffee and I write a letter to myself and then I send it in the mail. um, And then sometimes I will receive the letter back five years later and then I just really? kind of check in to see did I win the case and I, I always do except for as I said with Lizzie there's so many questions I have now that o- that opens up <laughs> yeah. um, one is how do you send a letter to yourself that doesn't get to yourself <laughs> For another five years. Well, it's does it have multiple destinations? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have many homes. I have a lot of okay. different homes. I so see. I send it to a lot of. I I have a house in the Hamptons. Yep. I also have another house in an undisclosed location. I could Got take it. you there, but first I give you the cocktail. Sure. And then when you're asleep, then when you wake up, you're there, but you don't know where it is. But I get it. it. Yeah. The, it's been forwarded by your staff or what yeah, have you so to, then it's, house it's to house. Confusing and, house to house, and then I usually get it in five years. I see. I see. Now yeah. that's my first question. My second question is: so it. Um, um, is there any legal work to getting people off the hook? Because oh, no. it seems like you no. told me the story of your day yeah. as it pertains to your beauty regimen yeah. and your coffee. And yeah. I'm just wondering, is there any actual legal research or due diligence <laughs> that goes into defending these people? Oh, well, I mean, obviously, but but you must I, have a staff for that. But I mean, I, I have a team. They do all that. Yeah. And I spend the majority of the day writing the letter to mm. myself. Mm-hmm. But then the staff gives me notes at the end. And I say, I look at the notes and I say, what did he do? Oh, a, a little bit of boofing. And then I put it down. And that's all I need to know. Honestly, okay. that's all I need. Okay. I look at they write they write uh, little bullet points. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. That's I heard that the former president would do that. He wouldn't yes. read anything over one page and they would give him a bunch of bullet points. And yeah. if, if they couldn't distill a complicated, uh, you know, diplomatic issue down to a single page, he wouldn't even read it. Oh, yeah. He's also a great friend of mine. Oh, one is he? Of, really? Yes. A, one of my best friends. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Another person that might be in prison. Yeah, um, well, not if I had anything to do with it, which I cannot say at this point. No, but, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, it does. I'm. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, he probably is looking for a new lawyer at this point. <laughs> well, you are correct, and yeah. I have thrown my hat in the ring. Have you? And he did have. He said, you know, with bosoms like those, I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure because. Oh right. It, you know, I can't imagine him not being fully 100% distracted by your bosoms. He's extremely distracted. But what I do is, as I said, I give him a cocktail of drugs. He falls asleep. Okay. And then when he wakes up, I'm singing him a song. I'm singing him a lullaby. And then he forgets about the bosoms. And then I give him some legal paperwork that my assistants have the bullet points. I give uh-huh. it to him and I say, this is what we're going to do. This I mean, this sort of seems like tit for tat because I'm sure if you went back far enough in his history, he's put someone to sleep with a cocktail of allegedly, drugs himself. Oh. Allegedly. I will say allegedly and I cannot confirm nor deny. So but you're not taking advantage of anybody when you're doing that. Oh, no, no. no. I just I just lay them down and I sing them a song. So then when they wake up, okay. they feel they're like, oh, it's like the womb. Again. OK, OK. So like better. if I were to go in yeah. and have a consultation with you and I was freaking out because I'm worried that I'm going to prison for yeah. something that I allegedly did, yeah. um, I'm freaking out. And you really need me to calm down mm-hmm. in order to have a conversation about my legal defense. So what you're doing is essentially just like loosening me up a little bit, sort of like petting my head and saying they're yes. there. Yes. And so that when by the time I wake up, I'm I'm more reasonable exactly. and, and you can make me feel emotionally better about my defense. Exactly. That's so such an interesting. It's like 
like a real bedside manner that you have with your clients. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like I'm a doctor, but I yeah. do not have uh, the licensing. But it is similar to being a doctor. Well, I, yeah, or like a, a really like an old timey nurse that like yeah. puts your head on their bosom and says, "They're exactly. there. It's going to be okay." Exactly. But see, but see, it's very confusing because it's to take the focus away from the bosom. But sometimes by right. doing it, it kind of puts the focus back on the bosom because sure. it's a very motherly. If I'm waking role. up on the floor looking up at you. I'm probably going to notice does, your bosom. You know, yeah. but at least then you're calm when you do it, and you're uh, not in a frenzy because you know how sometimes people are in a frenzy when they see bosoms sure yeah you know yeah. i'm sure that you've been in a frenzy yeah, at least once or whole, twice on the street I, yeah the whole websites i think devoted exactly. to frenzies around bosoms exactly yeah, yeah. and you say things like awuga and you get <laughs> you know when people do that yeah sure. and they say awuga and then yeah. they get wild and yeah. they need to calm down and so when they and then when they wake up they will not say awuga anymore because they've lost the power of speech for a few minutes sure. but it does come back eventually huh. except for some people who have Sadly, indefinitely lost the power of speech, but most okay. most people. Okay. Well, that's, that's probably due to their age, and and yes. probably the fact that they're saying awuga in general is that's a generational thing. It it's is. at least three or four generations back. That's it. You have a Mitch McConnell or what have you who can't speak at all. Well, and those are a lot of my clients. Sure, you know, the are, people yeah. in the age group where they say awuga, and they need to yeah. be kept in power where they are, despite any of medical course. issues they have. Of course. Yeah, and and or any legal trouble they might be in. Well, as you can see, Mitch is doing quite well. Sure is. Yeah. There have been a couple times where I have given him a cocktail. I think the, the whole of America right now wants to give him a cocktail and tell him, go to sleep, go to, go to sleep. sleep. It's going to be okay. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking as I see these videos more and more, I say, oh, Mitch, maybe it's time. Maybe yeah. it's time for the final cocktail. Oh, there but is a final cocktail. <laughs> I only give it to people when things are starting to look. You definitely really... passed the bar. You're a lawyer. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm a okay. in New York. In okay, New York, just checking, but not in other states. Only yeah. New York, but uh, sometimes in DC as well too. Okay. But it, I have them come to me. What you're I describing doesn't really sound as much like legal advice <laughs> or legal defense as it does. I don't know. Uh, uh, some kind of psychiatric emotional care you would think yeah. you would think but i mean yeah. is there any truth to the fact that like as a law firm you're essentially uh um not really a law firm but more of a an emotional support for billionaires who have been accused well i must tell you that i am a real lawyer i did go to columbia okay. um class of 2004 uh okay. but i you know i still look like a 15 year old and that part's important to yeah. remember and i noticed that you dropped your voice a, a few notches when you said that too yeah Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Well, yeah, as I learned from Lizzie, yeah. if you want, you speak like this and then men will uh -huh. listen to what you're saying. Interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting. I mean, we're, we're going all over the map here. I don't want to make sure we talk <laughs> about your, your hobby. You're teaching oh, kickboxing to the elderly. Oh, well, you got to give back. You yeah. got to give back. Yeah. And I like them. I want them to be strong and armed, too. So oh, okay. I, I I'm trying to institute in part of my program that I do this. Uh, it's kickboxing for the elderly. It's, you know, Upper West Side, people who okay. have some means, as yeah. you know, because those are the only people that I talk Interact to with, in yeah. any way right. at any time, except for you and I are talking right now. And I don't know if you have any means, but I, I do not oh. famously. And uh, <laughs> I've been told, uh, please don't make this podcast by Hogswood oh. Cooper many times. And, and yet uh, you still do. And I do. But just for the love of the uh, of the organization, because okay. I really think what they're doing is cool. Well, um, that's very you're you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur. Kind of. I mean, we're yeah. not making any money with this podcast. Oh. It's really just a love letter to my favorite corporation. Oh, know? that's nice. Oh, so, yeah. that's very nice. Well, send make a physical letter and send it to yourself and you'll probably get it back. And probably five, immediately. Maybe five years. 
years? I live in a basement apartment. I think it would oh, come okay. back pretty quickly. It'll probably yeah. come right back. Yeah, Wait, yeah. what were we? T- oh, yeah, the, the elderly. Yeah. So I teach the elderly to, yeah, I, I teach them. I want them to defend themselves. Mm. And now the second part of the program that I'm thinking is arming the elderly because okay. I, who needs guns the most in this country? The elderly. Right, because they're, right. they're the most vulnerable. Exactly. And uh, if someone breaks in, they need to be able to defend themselves. And yeah. having a loaded weapon in their hand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it just makes sense. And I, think I think we agree. I think yeah. I think the elderly should be senators yes. and uh, gun owners for as long as humanly possible before well, they're put in the ground. Exactly. And see, and we were talking about my good friend Mitch, Mitchie, mm. as I like to call him. And what I'm thinking for Mitchie is like if he has one of these moments again, because it's very embarrassing for him, sure, you know, when yeah. he has these moments where he's kind of just staring off. And I thought to myself, I thought, Danielle, what could you do for him? And I'm thinking maybe if we arm him with with two rifles and so then next time that happens he shoots them into the air okay. and then there's no embarrassment because people are like whoa what's happening you know uh-huh. and they're afraid for their lives sure and so then when people are afraid for their lives they're not judging that maybe his brain stopped working because right. of a cocktail of drugs or whatever it may be right plus guns make anyone look tough right so he's looking yeah. weak right now he'll look tough when he shoots guns in the air like Two Yosemite at the same Sam time yeah if he shoots them at the same time people will be hiding they'll be afraid for their lives and then by the time the embarrassing moment is over everyone's yeah. forgotten because they're like why would it's so nice of guns? you to think like what can i get him like what do you get a man who's losing everything including his mind <laughs> yeah oh. wow. thank you well I'm, I'm a giver and so for the elderly i want to give them as many guns as possible but i'm starting out with just teaching them some physical fighting skills so uh-huh. that they have that first hmm. and then come the guns. And are you worried about their flexibility or their oh, no. bone density or muscle mass? Because I give them, I give them a cocktail of things. Okay, I got and you. And then they just kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, know. you got to loosen them up somehow. Yeah, and I always have a backpack full of these various cocktails that I give to people. You're the first high-powered lawyer I've ever met. Um, well, I've ever met in general. Yeah. But I didn't expect you to have a rolling suitcase full of pharmaceuticals and I know. vitamins. Um, very interesting. That's why I do this podcast. I love learning about people. Yeah. You know. Well, I'd love to get on to my second guest here and come back to you at the end. Is that all right? Yes, of course. Excellent. All right. Well, folks, my second guest today leads a literal dream team. We'll find out what that means. But first, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, Dean here. You know, there's nothing I love more than talking to the employees of my favorite multinational Hogswood Cooper Media. Doing this unofficial podcast has brought me into the orbit of some of that corporation's biggest luminaries, which I figure is the next best thing to actually working for HCM, something I've been told point blank, quote, will not happen in my lifetime, end quote. That said, this podcast does cost money to produce, and since my favorite corporation understandingly has no interest in supporting me, I'd love it if you could throw a few bucks my way. I'm not a very good entrepreneur, but I figure a guy's got to start somewhere, right? So if you go to patreon.com slash corporations are people too, you'll see my whole value proposition laid out for you to peruse. There's some fun stuff in there and your support will help this podcast and me continue to exist. Okay, back to the show. And we're back. I'd like to remind you at this point, as I do every show, that I, Dean Ardenfell, am not and have never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Okay, we've been talking to Danielle Schunke from Germain, Tinsley, and Schunke, and now I'd like to bring in my second guest, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He is the head of Dream Innovation at Stonkel, a tech company that received over $50 million in venture capital funds last year, despite no one really understanding what it is that Stonkel does. In his role, my guest manages a team of 30 people, all of whom are tasked only with using their literal dreams to come up with the next big tech disruptor. In his spare time, he looks at the moon with binoculars. Please welcome Leo Grants. Hey, Leo. 
Hey, Dean. Thanks so much for having me here. Oh, it's great to have you. So um, you work for this tech company. Nobody seems to know what it does. Do you have, I mean, you're kind of like in a whole other wing that's devoted to innovation. Do you have any sense of what they're up to? The question that people tend to ask is, what is it that Stonkel does? But I find it more useful to think about what is it that Stonkel doesn't do? Because we're trying to really institute a paradigm shift in all of life. Right. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. And I know like uh, that's what's been happening is that the CEO has been putting out all this language. You're about to have an IPO that I think is going to be huge. And yet nobody, everyone's using a lot of language like um, paradigm shift and uh, disruption, but there doesn't seem to be a product or a service uh, being advertised and everyone's still freaking out and throwing money at it. What's your, what do you think? Why, why do you think that's happening? You have to think about the real possibilities here, right? When you're confining yourself to just one specific product, Mm -hmm. when you're confining yourself just to one specific industry, sure, sure, it makes it easier to get the the duller folks in society Uh, onto the same page as you. But when you really want to make a change that's going to truly revolutionize the way that we go about living our daily life, living through the events that define our existence, Mm. you have to think bigger, right? Right. Wow. I mean, I'm already feeling inspired. I just got like goosebumps and I'm not even really sure why. Um, which is, uh, I guess the whole, I get it now. I'm, I'm starting to come around to Stonkel and why everyone's so excited about it, even despite the fact that I don't have any new information. So your wing is, your development wing is just taking, it's just 30 people getting paid over $200,000 a year to sit around and talk about their dreams and how they could apply to tech uh, disruption products. Um, how exciting is that? I mean, that must have been a thrill for you to just be given free reign to just base a bunch of stuff on your nonsense dreams. I mean, we show up every day. We have our dreams ready to analyze so that we can uh, transform those into world-changing products that are really going to advance humanity to the next. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to overspeak, but advance humanity to the next tier of existence, you know? So can you give me an example maybe of a dream that you had um, or maybe the elements of it? I mean, I know no one likes to hear each other's dreams, but that's kind of your whole job. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So something that might have inspired the team? Yeah. So uh, I I think this is a really clear example. Um, uh, We were working on um, product Gemini uh, and... Uh, I came in, I had this dream where I was staring at the moon and then the moon started staring back at me, okay. but then it only had one eye. Okay. But then uh, all of a sudden it turned into an owl okay. and wow. uh, flew away. Okay. And that was the whole dream? That was the whole dream. Wow. So you can imagine what kind of what kind of innovations we can derive from... You're, you're getting emotional now. Uh, it just... <laughs> Do, do, uh, we're we're going to change the world and yeah. I can't talk about everything that we're going to do leading up to the IPO, right? Yeah, yeah sure, but, sure, sure. Uh, Dean, I I want to I just I can't wait for you to be able to see yeah, yeah. what we are working on right now. Me too. I mean, so what would be when you have a dream that you're looking at the moon and it only has one eye and then it turns into an owl? 
How do you take that information and distill it into something that might be useful for a product development team? Well, you got to take a step back and really make sure that you're looking at it from all angles. Mm. I feel like even just talking to you right now, I can see that you're really focusing on some of the details when you need to be looking at the big picture. Okay. Um, Okay. It can be really easy to focus on, okay, what's this product that we're working on? Uh What's the next step for the company? And you lose the vision of the 500-year journey, right? Oh, wow. You're on a 500-year timeline with this development. I mean, 500 years is the beginning. Don't get me wrong. So eons then. Yeah. Here's the thing. (laughs) The changes that we're going to make for life are going to persist through the ages, right? Wow. Society as we are used to it, the way that we understand things and power structures to be established, (laughs) these aren't permanent things. Uh This is just how the world is structured right now. Wow. I, I'm getting so inspired again. I'm I'm getting like the hairs on my back of my neck are standing up and I don't know why. Because I asked you a question about how you can contextualize your own dream into a product and you basically gave me a non-answer. But I, I don't mind because I think, you know, I suddenly I started thinking to myself, Dean, you're asking questions that to people of 500 years from now are going to make no sense and be irrelevant because you'll be dead and gone. And you're, you're giving me a sense of my own mortality and the timeline that we're all on. And uh, what, a, what a noble pursuit to be, to be doing this. I feel like you're finally starting finally to get seeing it, it. And, and obviously many other people, venture capitalists and people itching to buy your stock are all seeing it as well. I'm sure that's what they want. They want. They're not looking for a short-term payday. They're looking for changing the world over eons and thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to these venture capitalists, right, they're not in it to make money. No, they're in it to better humanity. Of course they are. Yeah. And that's why we have had so much success raising money for Stonkel. Um, Our IPO, I'm telling you, is going to knock your socks off. Amazing. I mean, between you and me, I don't know if you're going to have that much use for socks in the future anyway. So Wow. Okay. That's maybe the first concrete thing you gave me. Um, but I do want to bring my first guest in here and uh, have you all, because I'm, sh- I'm sure there's some crossover. There's some synergy here. Um, I don't know uh, if you've ever uh, been acquainted with Stockel, Danielle, but uh, what are your thoughts? Well, Dean, first, I love your use of the word synergy. Thank you so much. I really sure. do think you're going places, well, although right now you have no money no. and no prospects. But I do think in the future that you could probably well, on you. the 500 year timeline that you've established. Right. I think that that, that you could. And I have heard of Stonkel before. I've heard they're real movers and shakers. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I've they've raised a lot of money mm. um, without having any sort of business plan in any sense. And right. I love that. It reminds me of my good friend, Lizzie, who I told you about before uh and theranos and i just i love the innovation i love people who are able to raise money without having a clear goal of where the money is going in any way shape or form and so i gotta give it up i mean i'm very impressed i'm very impressed i i will i i do need to jump in and say that stonkel does not lack a business plan of any form of course people just tend to not count ours because it's entirely pictograph okay oh well see that's probably where i got a little confused so you have a business plan 
but in pictograph form. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay wonderful. Okay, so and, makes and sense. that makes sense that why a business like that would have a whole wing devoted to the visuals in a dream being sort of out front leading the innovation of the business. Yeah. The other senses of the dream can also be very important for oh, product true. development. Don't get me uh, okay, wrong. Okay, I see. I see. I'm really looking forward to seeing what, if any specific detail we could get out of it. But, um, and I appreciate, Leo, that that you've really been trying to avoid eye contact with my other guests' bosoms. <laughs> yes, thank you. If you start to get overwhelmed in any way, I do. I have my backpack behind me. If you start to get overwhelmed, if you feel something in your mind that's saying, Awuga, quietly, and then the Awuga is coming out more, I do. I'm happy to give you. Uh, but you seem very under control, and I respect that. Thank you. It's very reassuring, though, though yeah, knowing that I'll case. have that option. Yeah, just in case. And I do have a little, I will sing a song. I'll give you a little, I go, when you wake up, that's the first thing that you oh, hear. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> You'll hear like that. Like a mermaid on yeah. an island. <laughs> Thank you. This, this is so amazing. Uh, one of my engineers, Trent, was yeah. uh, came into the office the other day, and he was describing a dream that matches that uh, what you're describing, that song. Yeah, that wow. song. Trent heard it in a dream. See? So, so is there any chance that some of the dreams that your team is describing are actually drug-induced comas that my other guest has put them in. Now, I don't want to say whether or not I know Trent. Did Trent, in his dream, I don't know if he told you, but he, did he wake up and see someone, kind of like a flowing hair and bosoms? And did he hear a, he heard, oh, like that? And like a powerful woman like who looks po- 20, yeah. but probably is older. <laughs> this is all ringing bells. This, yeah. Okay. Uh, I hate to tell you, but that wasn't exactly a dream. That was a drug-induced coma. Okay, but that could be very useful to uh, to Leo's team because, you know, I assume insomnia is a thing when when you're trying to, when you're under a bunch of stress to go to sleep and have really innovative dreams, you know, maybe you need assistance, yeah? I can't speak to Trent's experience, but I can say that regardless of what inspired it, yeah. We all believe in his paradigm shifting thoughts. So. Sure. I, again, not quite sure what you mean there. But Leo, I also want to say you have a hobby of looking at the moon f- through binoculars. Oh, yeah. Why I, do you do that and what for? And I guess the moon was part of that dream you mentioned before. But you're, you, so you spend a lot of time squinting at the moon through a set of binoculars? Yeah. I mean, the real thing about the moon and binoculars is it's a great backdrop against which you can judge different sets of binoculars. Um, now, what you might not know about me is that I make binoculars in my basement. Okay, so, so I really wish I'd had that in my notes, that your hobby is making your own binoculars. And uh, that's, that the that's moon a is detail. just a fixed point in space that, that were, by which you test the binoculars. Looking at the moon is the hobby. Okay, as a means of testing homemade binoculars, which is an interesting fact about you. And not so much testing, just seeing the difference between them, right? Like different ones are going to have What are you, grinding lenses in your own garage? If you want to have a piece of machinery that works right, you have to understand everything that goes into it, right? Right, right. right. Um, I mean, it's God bless you. It's the first tangible thing I've heard you talk about making. When you're working on such a large time scale, mm. having something that I can go home to and work with my hands is uh, reassuring because I, yeah. I can't always hold changing society right. in my arms. You know, no, the we're zeitgeist working is hard to shoulder. Yeah, exactly. And we're working really hard on it. And it's gonna, you know, our IPO is coming up. And let me tell you. Things are going to change around I, I sense here. almost a, an insistent quality to you, uh, it, almost a defensiveness. Do people disbelieve that you're about to change the world? 
I mean, when somebody uh, when somebody comes to you and they say, hey, I need this impossible legal defense. Right. Danielle, and you say, yeah. I can do that. Do they always believe that you can actually do that? I imagine sometimes people are dis in disbelief. They say, "I you can't save me. Well, that's a very good point, Leo. Yes, people are often in disbelief, as I said, mainly because of my looks and my bosoms and my youthful skin. They think this oh, sexy baby. No, I don't <laughs> think she went to Columbia. And I say, goo goo gaga, you're wrong. And then <laughs> what was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> people don't believe. Oh, yes. Yeah. So when people see me being a sexy baby, they don't believe. But then I show them my law degree. It's on my wall. And then they say, hmm, maybe. And then when they wake up from their coma, they believe. So I think maybe what you could do if people if you if you're having these conversations and people are like, oh, 500 year plan, that sounds crazy. Just give them a little bit to put the serum in and then they'll I would argue that that's what Stonkel is doing intellectually. Yes, I, I think, think that both right. of you are trying to put pe certain people to sleep so that they won't ask questions yes. about very concrete things that are uh, really concerning to them, <laughs> such as what do you make or how do I get off the hook here? Well, I think it's very clear what he makes. Um, we have a number of things in the pipeline. Okay, right now. love that, love that. Love so that. certainly, you're going to see a lot from Stonkel in the next three to five years, especially. Uh, okay, but. Uh, but after that, there's going to be a little bit of lull until 15 years out. Okay, so you so okay. you're going to do five, three to five years of that 10 year break, and, and then, then and then nothing from okay, and then maybe and then from year 17 to or 20 to yeah. 500, we can expect great things. Only the best. Amazing. Great. That's the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Nathan Hartswick playing Dean Ardenfeld. Danielle Schunk was played by Madeline Smith. Madeline is an incredibly funny stand-up comedian who's appeared at clubs and festivals and cruise ships all around the world. Check her out at Madeline Murphy on Instagram. Leo Grants was played by Danny Spencer. Danny is a Burlington, Vermont area improviser who performs regularly with the team's Big Boy Sweater Club and Moon Raccoon. This episode was produced and edited by Sam Kernett and myself with marketing assistance from Addison Iring and studio space provided by Local Maverick at localmaverickus.com. Follow us at Corporations Are People Too. Subscribe, review, tell your friends about the podcast, and don't forget to check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash corporationsarepeople too. See you in a couple weeks.